welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. the privilege of just sharing a little bit from the Bible uh, around the, the idea of Christmas. And you've probably heard the story, you saw it acted out, the nativity play, so I, I don't really need to say much more. You've got the picture of what this day uh, symbolises. Obviously, it's not the, the right date. We're on the 19th, it's just a preemptor of what's to come. But um, you know, this year, I felt like God, I felt like the Christmas probably has a different kind of emphasis to it to many of us this year. The last couple of years have been really difficult. You know, we, we've seen uh, a world pandemic. We, we've not experienced this before. We just said one of the, the, the kids was born in, during a lockdown. I don't know if you've experienced things like that before. Have you ever felt like you've, you've been exhausted? You ever felt tired? I was with my kids and my family last week and we went down to Whitford's Nodes. Anyone been to Whitford's Nodes, the new kind of steps that go up to Whitf- at, at the top of the mountain so you can get to the, is it a mountain? It's not really a mountain, it's more of a hill. The top of the hill so you can get to the top of the hill and you can oversee like the, the, the scenery of the beach. I think there's about 175 steps to get to the top of this uh, mountain. I'm calling it a mountain. I'm saying I'll climb the mountain. Well, there's about 175 steps to get to the top of this thing. And about, after about five steps, I'm like exhausted. I'm like, I'm going to make it, but I'm taking my little boy. He's five now, and he's got so much energy. He's just bursting out of it. He wants to go up and then back down, and he's running around right now still. <laughs> but we're going up and up, and I'm seeing like there, there's just so many more steps. It felt like there was more steps and more steps. And after those steps, there's more steps. And then it just felt like it was never going to stop. But we got to the top of the mountain, 175 steps or whatever it was at the top. And then we came down. You don't forget, once you get to the top, you've got to come back down. Kind of forgot that. But we walked back. And then by the end of this, I'm experiencing like pains in my legs, which is just a bad sign of how unfit I am. I understand that. And my son at the bottom of it, he, he's like, can we do it again? And I'm like, yeah, maybe in another 10 years or something. Let me just catch my breath because that took it out of me. And, you know, when you, when you go through something, when, when it's, particularly when it's prolonged, when it's over a, a series of time, it can be exhausting. It can just be real, real tiring. And you can find yourself in a place where you're actually kind of gasping for air, kind of gasping for breath. And this morning, there, there was a, a line in a Christmas carol, actually, that just really spoke to me and gave me you know, this kind of this encouragement for Christmas. It's in the, the song, O Holy Night. And there's a line that says, The thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. A weary world rejoices. You know, when Jesus was born into this world, when he, when he came into, onto earth, when he came to earth as a child, he came at a time when there was a lot of unrest. 
There was a lot of mess that was happening. There was a lot of stuff that was going on. There was a lot of political unrest. There was religious unrest. There, there were factions that had been created of different people and different people groups. There was darkness. There was confusion. There were people who were looking for the sign of a Messiah. The people who believed in God were hoping for this Messiah that would come and save them, would rescue them. And they'd been waiting. They'd been waiting for many, many years. They'd been waiting for this, this king that would come and, and rescue them and deliver them. But nothing had happened. And they, ta- they take the span between the last things that were written in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, to the New Testament where we see the angel Gabriel introduced uh, in, into that. They say that the span was about 400 years. And that period has been referred to as the silent period, where activity from God. It felt like it was absent, that God wasn't there, and that life and chaos just continued to increase. Jesus didn't come into perfect conditions. He came into a world that was kind of messed up. He came into a world that was, at that point in time, very confused. They were, they were confused about who God is. They, they were confused about who they were. They were confused about what life was about. And then Jesus came into that world. He was not ashamed. He was not afraid. He was not afraid of darkness. In fact, he came right into one of the most darkest points of history. For those who believed in him, for those who were looking forward, who had a faith, they were looking for a Messiah to come. They would believed that, that there were these things called prophecies where the Old Testament, there were, there were certain people who would speak out for God. They were mouthpieces for God. And he would give them information and they would declare it out. And they had made promises or prophecies that, that this Messiah would come. And so in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of all of the confusion, the darkness, and the seeming silence, God was active. God was doing something even though the world couldn't necessarily see it. I want to read from John chapter 1. And if you read through the Bible, you see in the first four uh, books of the New Testament, we call them the gospel accounts. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, three of them give an account of the nativity or, what, or, or Jesus' birth, what, what took place. Luke gives quite an expansive account. He was a uh, physician. He was quite detailed. Uh, Mark just jumps into it with John the Baptist. Matthew gives a genealogy, speaking to, particularly to the Jewish group. And then we have John who gives uh, a, a nativity or an explanation of what was taking place, not just from the physical story, but what was taking place etern- in the eternal perspective. In verse, one, uh, verse 14 of John 1, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. 15. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This is the one of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was, bef- was before me. From His fullness, listen to this, From His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. 
You know how I talked about being exhausted, coming to the end of your limit, kind of coming to the end of, of your place? At the point when Jesus came into the world, the, the, those who believed in God kind of relied on this thing called the law. They, they relied on the commandments of God, the, the instructions of God. And we see here that, that that was not a bad thing, that John, he points to the law having its purpose, having its, its season, having its reason, but it came to its limit. It came to a point of almost exhaustion. Not just that the law was exhausted, but that people were exhausted. And in that, the law did exactly what God intended it to do. It safeguarded people until grace in the person of Jesus appeared. It also showed up that no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't keep the law. It showed up in ourselves that there is this thing within us, this tendency towards sin, we call it, where we just kind of go off the wrong track, where we go off and do our own thing. And the law showed up in the hearts of people that as hard as you tried, and you could try pretty hard, there were people that tried real hard, as hard as you tried, there was a limit to what could happen. Righteousness couldn't necessarily be attained by holding fast to the law. God attributed faith to righteousness but holding on to these commands and trying to do the right thing and, and, and trying to make yourself a good person, it just wasn't enough. And that's why John says that grace, we see in Jesus, the fullness of grace upon grace. What he's saying is that the law was a gift of grace. And we might think that the law is a bad thing. We might think that the law is something that was done away with. But what, what it actually means is that Jesus was grace upon that grace. He was the greater revelation of God's grace. He was the fullness of the revelation of God's grace. That you couldn't earn your salvation, that you couldn't just work to clean yourself up, but in Him we have grace upon grace. That is good news. That is good news for us and that is good news for those to which saw Jesus in the first place. We see that in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, it says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Jesus was intentional. The, the plan of God was actually intentional. Do you reckon you could get me a stand so I could put this on, carry it around? The plan of God was actually intentional that Jesus would come at that point in time. The Bible says that it was, thank you, the Bible says that it was at the right time, at just the right time, he came into the earth. And in this time of unrest, in this time of exhaustion, in this time of confusion, that's when Jesus appeared. And he didn't appear as many people thought he would appear. They were kind of looking for some stuff that would, you know, be, be this demonstration of military power for a Messiah to come in, in excellence and splendor. Instead, he came in the form of a baby, humble, born in a manger, to somewhat outcast parents. Not exactly the most glorious entry into the world. And yet it grabbed the attention of many people around. Those who were actually listening and looking saw that God was at work. There are a few different people that we saw in our little play today. And uh, we see in Luke chapter 2, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. 
Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that you will, I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in a strip of cloth laying in a manger. Do you know what's really interesting about this? Is that the sign that was given to shepherds was a baby where there would be sheep. The sign that that God gave to the shepherds to confirm his promise to them was that they would find this baby in a place where they would usually find animals. I felt like that, that was pretty interesting to think, that this is the sign to the shepherd, is that you'll see the baby wrapped in this manger. What if God is trying to get your attention through things that you think are almost everyday occurrences, through things that you may think are coincidental, or things that you may think just kind of happen? What if God is actually trying to get your attention so that he can show you what he wants to show you, so that he can give you what he wants to give you? There's another group of people that come at that, that, uh, that are drawn to, to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, we see Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastlands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So we see a totally different group of people. These are from a different continent, like not a different continent, a different place. And they were drawn to see Jesus by a star that rose in the sky. Now, if we look into these wise men, another word for that is the the magi, not magi, which is the group that that invented noodles. These aren't them. I did a little bit of study to find that out. I thought, wow, that's where noodles came from. But no, apparently it's not. These guys were magi, were like, uh, they they, they were wise men. They were well-skilled, well-learned in all different things, including astrology. They they studied patterns in the sky and the stars. And it's amazing that through what they had studied, that God spoke to them through a star. The shepherds confirmed through a baby in a manger. The wise men through a star which they had studied. Maybe God is trying to get your attention. And maybe it's not the big flashing lights and the big smoke in the air or the, you know, have you ever asked God for a sign? Just give me a sign. And like you're expecting like some sort of plane to write something in the sky and say, just do it or just don't do it. Maybe the sign is more subtle than you think. Maybe he's using what's in your world, in what's in your family, things that people are saying, these things that we might think are coincidences to get our attention. Good things. Sometimes the bad things. I reckon COVID was something that helped that God has used to get our attention, to kind of bring us back to focus on what really matters in life, to bring us back to understand that it's not about some of the things that we once thought it was about. And he's used it to get our attention. Is God trying to get your attention? And if so, what will your response be? 
Again, we see these, these, these different groups that had to journey, they had to travel, that they, they, they had to respond to the sign that was given to them. They had to journey out, and for many miles, for, for days, they would have been traveling to get to Jesus. They would have had to forego things. They would have had to go through different terrains and, and, and different circumstances to get to this place, and yet they were willing because they followed these signs. Uh, I wonder if God's trying to get your attention. And if he is, potentially he wants to do something, bring you to something, bring something to you. Keep your eyes open. Remember this seemed to be a time when it was quiet, when there was silence, when the prophets weren't speaking. And yet those things that they had prophesied or spoken about in the past were now being played out. Can I encourage you that there may be seasons in your life when it feels like nothing's happening? when your prayers feel like they're just going unanswered, when it feels like even though you're, you're doing the right things, even though you're trying to think the right things and, and, and do the right thing, it just doesn't feel like you're moving. It doesn't feel like God's watching. It doesn't feel like there's anything happening. But God is at work at all times. God is always at work. Maybe you're in this room today and you don't have a faith. You don't have a, a, a faith in Jesus but you still see things in your life that are kind of like these signs, like these stars that would almost get your attention. Could I submit to you that perhaps it's more than just a coincidence? Perhaps, and I could be wrong, but perhaps God is trying to do something. God is trying to get your attention because he wants a relationship with you. And that's what this was about. Jesus came to reconcile humanity back to God in a time of confusion and darkness. You know, God's not afraid of, dark, of the dark. When I was little, and when I say little, like 17, I used to be afraid of the dark. I used to, like, run. I, I reckon I would, you know, Usain Bolt? I reckon in a dark hallway, I could beat him. Because I would just be like petrified. I wasn't really 17, maybe like 15 and a half or something. But I was petrified of the dark. God's not afraid of the dark. You know, God's not afraid of the mess. God's not afraid of your mess. Maybe your life feels like it's a mess. God's not afraid of that. In fact, He will offer you forgiveness. He would offer you hope. He would offer you love in that, in that situation. My life was an absolute train wreck disaster you know I had yeah I can't even tell you in the in the time I have how much of a mess my life was but I had some signs that pointed to this this God that may be real and I don't know what it was in me but part of me was like there's got to be something more than what this is I'm going around in circles I'm just going around in circles and life is just becoming more and more heavy. Life is just like, you know, it's just, what's the point of this? And then a sign, a person who told me about Jesus and then a sign, a, an invitation to go to a, a church service and then a sign and, and all these little things that kind of pointed me in the right direction. But you've got to pay attention to those things. And when you think that nothing is happening, maybe God's doing something. Maybe God is at work.
He came at this point when the world was confused. Let's just have a look at our world right now. You don't need faith to tell me that things are pretty mixed up. That things are pretty messed up. You know, you don't need to have a scholarship or a degree to be able to look at some of the things that are taking place across our world right now and tell me that there is some stuff that's happening that is not right. There is some stuff that is happening that is very difficult. They're saying that the, the increase of mental health issues over this last couple of years is astronomical. The, the amount of um, domestic violence that has increased in the last few years. I was actually in the police station a couple, visiting this time. <laughs> Just clarify that. Visiting the police station a couple of months ago and having a conversation with a couple of the community development officers uh, in Maribuka Police Station, which conveniently enough I was in once in a different uh, way. But having a chat with them and... Um, yeah, they were talking about how they'd just seen this major rise of, of domestic violence because of the lockdowns that we experienced. And, and I'm thinking, Perth, man, we didn't really have huge long lockdowns, but in Sydney and in Victoria, you know, they're, they're talking like long-term things. And they said that there were people who had never even, like relationships that had never even had an argument before that had just blown up. And it's all this, you know, this tension and this, this, this angst and this uh, uncertainty and this hopelessness and this long, prolonged, drawn-out experience where we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know what's next and this is all new and it's, it's scary in many ways and there's fear there. And those things are just like burdening our society. And maybe you're experiencing it. I, I tell you, for, honestly, I feel like probably the tightest that I've felt in, in, I can't say my whole life because I've got two kids, two babies. I was pretty tired at that time. But I feel like really tired, emotionally drained, you know, spiritually drained at times, physically obviously unfit. But it's been rough, right? A weary world rejoices and perhaps today you're, you're here and you've been tired you've been weary inside your your heart is is confused you're not sure of what the future looks like there's all sorts of uncertainty maybe there's some things that you've been dealing with for a long time relationship issues that have drawn out, that have blown up, family, kids, parents, work, health. Maybe there's some things that you have been dealing with for a long period of time and you're just exhausted and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying, but the next test comes back and says something that you didn't want to hear. And you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and you're crying and you're praying and you're asking. And then you get the call from your employer to say, there's no more work. 
and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and then there's the issue that keeps popping up in your marriage and you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and you're holding on and you're holding on and you're exhausted. You're exhausted. You're weary. I'm not talking about just a bit of tiredness that you might need a nap, a little nana nap. Oh, I love a nana nap. Not talking about that. Or a caffeine nap. Let me just throw this out here. It wasn't in my notes. Caffeine nap. Come on. Drink a coffee and then go for a nap straight away. It takes about 15 minutes. I've researched this. It takes about 15 minutes for the caffeine to kick in. And then you have a 15-minute kip. Bang. You're ready to go. Caffeine nap. Not, not a recipe for a weary soul, let me say. But if you just need a little bit of sleep. And you want to be straight back up, that's a good, good little tip there. You take that one home, put that in the notebook. But weariness, like getting tired, I'm, I'm tired. Are you tired? We don't know when it's going to end. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm talking about some of the things that you're going through right now. I'm talking about holding on, trying to believe, trying to have hope, trying to be faithful, trying to just push through. And it feels now that every day is almost like a difficult day. Sometimes you don't want to wake up. Sometimes you, you, you don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes it gets to that point where you're just like, I can't do it anymore. Weary, tired. Just keeps going. And then we see a weary world rejoices. Because in Jesus there is the promise of rest. In Jesus, there is the promise of hope. In Jesus, there is the promise of life. In Jesus, there is the promise of healing. In Jesus, there is the promise of peace and love and joy. In Jesus, this gift to the world, the gift that they didn't necessarily know they needed, the gift that God wanted to give was this gift of eternal life through Jesus. And we see later in his ministry, Jesus addresses this. He addresses this with, with, with those that were um, following him, with those that were surrounding him, with those that were struggling with life. Because remember the talk of, uh, when I was talking about the law and people trying to attain to righteousness, trying to work in their own strength to keep it? People were so faithful in that. People were so zealous in that. They were trying and trying and trying. And in their attempts to try as hard as they could, some of the groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, actually created more rules, more regulations. They added on more and more and more things that weren't what were part of God's law, but would keep them from getting into the gray area or getting into the dangerous area. So if the line was here and the law said this, then they put lines back here. So, you know what, just don't do that or that or that or that or that. And what happened was people just got exhausted. People couldn't do it. And instead of this, this, this God that wants to liberate and set people free, the religious leaders of the time were actually putting heavier loads on them. You know, this is a scandal of grace. This is the absolute scandal that is grace. Is that it's not what you have done. And it's not what you could ever do that will save you. It's not what your good works or how much you can clean your life up before you can come into relationship with God. It's responding to this gift of grace in Jesus Christ. That is the scandal of grace. That he accepts you as you are, as messed up, as broken, as good as you think you are, as wise as you think you are, as incredible as you think you are. 
He accepts you in your brokenness and in your seeming strength. And the invitation is to everyone. But at this point in time, Jesus says this to some of the people who are following him. You can join me and the team will, you can bring him up if you want. This is Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. These are the words of Jesus. It doesn't say come to church. It doesn't say come to a religion. It doesn't say come to an organization or or come to a building. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to him and he will give you rest. Anyone who is carrying heavy burdens, he will give you rest. Anyone who is holding on to those things, he will give you rest. Some of the hurts, some of the pains, some of the frustrations, some of the the, the sicknesses, some of those things that, that have been weighing you down, that have made you weary. Come to Him and He will give you rest. And this is the part that words do not, I, I can't use words to explain how this works. I've experienced it myself. When I'm in this place of weariness, or of heaviness, of tiredness, and I come to Jesus, and He gives rest for my soul. With the torment and the anxiety, with the confusion and the darkness, with the pain and the hurt, come to Jesus, and He gives rest to your soul. There are things that we can use to to give us respite. There are things that we can try and do to to give us a little bit of space and a bit of time, a bit of, you know, time to kind of get through things. And those things are, some of those things are really good. But ultimately, they don't deal with the issues of the soul. They don't deal with with the deeper issues of what's actually happening in your heart. And as I was preparing this morning, I I felt like to to encourage people that there can be a time of rejoicing, even in your weariness, because of Jesus. And you might feel like I'm I'm close to the end. Maybe you feel like you're on a mountaintop. But you can rejoice in Jesus. Before the team sings, I actually just want to give us a little bit of time for us individually to reflect. 
Maybe it's easier for you to close your eyes to kind of take away any distractions that may be there. But just to have a moment to think and to reflect upon this message that He came to give you rest. He came to give rest to the, the deeper, the deepest parts of your life. And it's a rest that nothing else or no one else can give you. And maybe again, as I said earlier, you don't have a faith. But potentially, God's trying to get your attention. Maybe. So let's just take a, mo- a couple of moments just to wait. And allow God to minister to you individually. If you've come this morning and, and you know that you actually feel that, like you are weary, whatever it might be, whatever it might be, I'd love to pray for you. And to pray that God would give rest to that place. That God would give you rest in that area. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of of grace we see in Jesus. And we didn't come this morning to just celebrate a a story. We came to celebrate and engage with the living God. And my prayer right now is that every person in this room that feels that burden in their soul, that feels weary and tired and exhausted, that they would be refreshed by the Spirit of God right now, that there would be a refreshing that would come, that even as they leave this room today, there would be a lightness upon them. Let striving cease. Take, take the mask off. If you don't have it all together, you don't have it all together. Father, we just pray that even the, the, the most weary soul in this room today would be refreshed by Jesus and that there would be rejoicing where there has been mourning, that there would be a shouting from the mountaintops where there's been a crying in the valleys. Lord, we pray that that lives would be changed because of the gift that you have given us in Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.